This is a special episode. I'm interrupting the 30-day microleadership course with this episode about how to get the most out of executive coaching and how to sabotage your own coaching experience. Enjoy. How to get the most out of executive coaching and how to sabotage your own coaching experience. Hi, my name is Randy Cantrell. I'm glad that you landed on this page and I'm happy that you clicked play. Since 2007, I have successfully coached a variety of clients from business owners to CEOs, COOs, CFOs, CTOs, directors, city managers, deputy or assistant city managers, HR directors, attorneys, entrepreneurs, quite, quite a lengthy variety and list. So far, I have only had one. That's right, one single exception where the client experience, and frankly my own, wasn't as fruitful as it should have been. Now, one isn't likely a statistically valid number from which to draw conclusions, but I have visited with many other coaches and collected a variety of stories of failed experiences. And you know what? They all sound similar to my singular exceptional experience where things just didn't go very well. You know, nobody bats a thousand. I'm pretty pleased that I've only had one client who didn't make the progress that he should have. Let's start with what can go wrong. This is how you can make sure that you do not leverage your executive coaching for your full advantage. So let's talk about how to sabotage your own coaching experience. I'm going to list these as steps. These are the steps that you can take to make sure that your executive coaching experience is a complete, utter waste of time. Step number one, don't open up with the coach. Make sure that you don't share anything ever. Answer questions with a yes, a no, a maybe. In fact, better yet, regularly look at the coach and say, what do you mean? I mean, don't share anything. Make sure the coach has to carry the conversation, every conversation. Your goal, your objective in every session is to say as little as possible. Step number two, don't be honest. Whatever you do, when you do speak, do not be truthful. Do not be honest. I mean, this is really important to make your coaching experience a complete waste of your time and your coach's time. Don't ever be vulnerable. Your goal is to reveal nothing about yourself. Step number three, don't put any effort into it. Every time the coach tries to get on your schedule, be busy. Behave as though your time is so valuable, you, you just can't possibly squeeze in a session this week. Just make sure that you don't ever offer a reason, right? Go back and go back and see steps one and two. If the coach asks you to do something, don't ever. I mean, all you got to do is memorize this excuse. I haven't had the time. I mean, it, it's easy once you start making the excuse. Have some fun and get creative in your excuses, but only after you have mastered that excuse. I haven't had the time. Step number four don't commit to anything ever. Now, your coach is going to try to find out what you want to do. Be very careful because if you reveal this, you may be held accountable 
So avoid all accountability by refusing to commit to anything. And when asked about your goals or what you would like to improve, be brave. Just repeat this statement. Nothing really. I'm pretty happy with how things are going. Now your coach is likely probably not going to show it, but trust me, your coach is going to be frustrated. And so they're going to probe a little bit more deeply to try to find out if there's really, there's nothing that you would like to work on. Just stay the course and say, nothing I can think of. Just keep saying those things and whatever you do, do not admit that there is anything that you would like to improve. Your words and attitudes have to reflect that you have everything just as perfect as possible. Step number five, just keep doing what you always did. I mean, come on, change is hard. You don't want to do any of that. And you just want to let enough time pass so that you can check the box that you had a coach for a period of time. This is especially true if your boss hired the coach for you. It is really important that you work all this magic at a really slow enough pace to let the coach have about six months because otherwise your boss might think that you didn't give it the effort. Okay, you can't afford that. And, of course, you're not giving it any effort, but you don't want the boss to know that. So the main thing that you have to do, act. Fake it. Fake fake it until you make it to the six-month mark. And then you can be proactive and you can go in and you can thank your boss for getting you a coach. And you can tell your boss, man, this has been very productive and it's been a wonderful experience. And if your head isn't already on the chopping block, then maybe you can get rid of this coach sooner than later. And honestly, you really don't have anything to lose because if you go and tell your boss those things, it's not going to save you if your head is on the block, but it can help you get rid of the coach. So come on, nothing to lose. Step number six, cross your fingers and hope for the best. This step is really self-explanatory. I mean, come on, who needs any help? You've got this. Keep thinking your delusional thoughts that high achievers don't need anybody. And come on, you're a high achiever. Feel good about yourself and don't worry about getting better. And don't worry, don't worry if your job's on the line, you know, the change is a job for other people. This is not a job for you. Now let's flip the script and let's talk about how to get the most from your coaching experience. These are steps that you can take to maximize the experience and the value of your executive coaching experience. Step number one, be vulnerable. Trust the coach. I tell every client up front, I'm only here to help serve them. I don't have any other dog in the hunt except their growth and their improvement. It's not my job to establish the goals for their life or their career. This is their life. I'm not here to tell them what to do. I'm here to help them figure it out. I regularly say all over the website, you know, if consulting is give a man a fish and if coaching is teach a man to fish, I don't do either one of those things. I want to have a conversation with you and figure out, do you even like fish? And if you don't like fish, well, then what do you like? Let's let's, this is your life. You're in charge of it. Every session is private and confidential. And when the boss has hired me for the client, which is commonplace. The information flow only goes in one direction. That is toward the client. The sponsor, that is the boss who hired me for 
their direct report, they are told up front that the information that I learned from them, I will use for the client's benefit. Now, this isn't a tattletale session. I do use the information, though, to help guide the work. I also tell the sponsor, in this case, the boss, don't ask me to report anything the client says because I'm not going to do that. I will only do that with the client's permission ahead of time. My work with the client is strictly confidential. The only exceptions, and I've never exercised these, by the way, but I do state it. If I learn of something illegal, immoral, or unethical, I reserve the right to talk directly to the client about those things, and I may be compelled to report that to the boss. But again, it's never happened. Hopefully, it never will. Listen, the point is confidentiality. It is critical to the process. Now, additionally, I show my own vulnerability in my very first session with every client, and this is not a ploy. It is completely genuine and honest and in the moment. I don't script it. I say whatever I'm feeling at the time. Now, it's not about me, but it is important that clients know that I am entering this relationship being completely open, vulnerable, and trusting of them. I don't expect that from them immediately. I'm happy to earn their trust, but I'm going to give them my trust freely right from the get-go. Step number two, be open, share. Volunteer information. This is your opportunity to share anything and everything because professional coaches are safe. Professional coaches only have your best interest at heart. Keep in mind, your success and growth are a reflection of our success and growth. We want you to be more successful. We also want this to be among the most rewarding experiences of your life because people who are attracted to and good at coaching professional people, we enjoy seeing other people reach new levels of success. For most of us, at least in my experience, this is not a money grab. I mean, we could, we could make a lot more money doing something else. Trust me. Your coach is genuinely interested in helping you. Let them don't squander this opportunity. So step two, be open and share step three. It's your life. Figure out how you want to improve it. Great coaches. Aren't people who tell you what you ought to do. They're not there to tell you how to live your life, but they are there to help you figure out how to improve your life. Put in the work to figure out what you want to improve. Don't be afraid to pursue whatever it is that you want to pursue. Listen, clients have told me that they would like to improve their faith, their health, their relationship with their adult kids, their marriage, their ability to retain key employees, their ability to develop emerging leaders, their ability to spend less time in the details and be more strategic, uh, their ability to get ready for retirement, their marketability to get a better job, and a host of other things. These goals are personal to each client. I don't have anything to do with what these people want because it's their life. My role is to help them figure out a path forward so they can achieve their own goals. Imagine the loss that these clients would have if they didn't assume responsibility for the own life, their own life. I mean, 
the, the lost opportunity to have a person like me help them figure these things out, these things that they most want to achieve. If they would have held that back, if they would have just not shared it happily, they did share it and they put in the work to figure these things out. Step number four, accept the challenge and do the work. Yes, you're busy, but this investment is in you. Nothing is more important than putting in the work to grow yourself. Make your coaching sessions a priority. In fact, don't wait on the coach. Take control. Your coach will respect your proactive approach to make sure that you're on the schedule weeks in advance. Dive into the work. Be ambitious about it because it's your life. Don't procrastinate. Let me give you a hint. The more you dive into the work, the more you're going to want to dive into the work. It's just the way it goes. Go back to step one. If you find yourself being reluctant, do you not trust the coach? Tell them you can't avoid difficult conversations and move forward. Be selfish enough to make sure that you're getting all the value possible. Your coach will respect it and your coach will do everything possible to remedy any obstacles or hurdles for you. Step number five, own it all. I work hard to help clients paint themselves into a corner. I don't paint them into a corner, but I help them paint themselves into a corner. The corner's magical, and I talk about it regularly in some podcast episodes. You can snoop around and figure it out. The corner represents a place where there are no more excuses. We have sucked all the excuses out of the room. And I encourage people to paint themselves into that corner because that's where the magic happens. And I encourage people to accept responsibility. Now that is not the same as blame. We get really obsessed with, well, who's responsible? Who's to blame? I'm not talking about blame. I'm talking about responsibility, Accept responsibility for everything in your life. I mean, why not? It is the path forward because it empowers you to take whatever control exists in your life. No, you're not in control of everything. We all know that but you're in control of your response to everything. So when bad things happen and they will then accept responsibility for now, what now, what are you going to do? Don't resist accepting responsibility. It is liberating to take control. So that's step five Own it all step six, be grateful, list the things that you have and don't be fixated on what you don't have. We, we all can be really obsessed with our lack. Well, we don't have this and we don't have that. And look at them. They've got this and they've got that. No, don't go down that rabbit hole. List the things that you've got, the things that you're thankful for. You likely have tons of things for which to be thankful that you don't even consider. Not ever, much less on a daily basis. Consider those things. Be thankful you had an opportunity or be thankful that you created an opportunity to work with an executive coach. Most professionals will live their entire lives, never having had this experience. Many are going to assume that the people who are organically in their life can do for them, whatever an executive coach can do. They're wrong and they're wrong because a, not everybody's got the skills. Not everybody's got the wiring for it. 
but mainly they're wrong because these organic relationships, these friends and family that we've got, there are strings attached to these relationships. That's not a bad thing. It's just a true thing. We are beholden to almost everybody in our life. A professional executive coach enters our life without strings. The only objective is to help us move forward. Be thankful that you are among the most elite leaders on the planet who experience that kind of help. The highest achievers on the planet, they know what you now have learned. We all need somebody capable of helping us figure it out. Be well, do good, grow great. My name is Randy Cantrell. The website is Grow Great. The name of the podcast, High Impact Influence. And it's what I most want for you.